Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for spending some of your day with me to talk about boundaries, standards, and bright lines. I've shared before how we often have boundaries and standards in other areas of life, but rarely have them, and even more rarely live by them, when it comes to our food choices or our health. For example, maybe you and your spouse have established a boundary where any purchase over $1,000 you're going to talk about first, right? That is a boundary. Maybe you have standards about the type of home that you will live in, or even the type of hotel room you will stay in. You have certain minimum standards. But as soon as we start talking about boundaries and standards or bright lines related to food, people start to get all uncomfortable and start to feel all restricted. And you hear things like, well, I just I just don't want to feel like I'm on a diet because if I do, I'm going to rebel and I'm going to go crazy, which, of course, is just a story. It's a belief. It's something you create because you believe in it. But it's a common story. And I'm bringing this up because this past weekend pretty spontaneously, like almost out of the blue, I decided on a new standard for myself, a new boundary for myself. Early Saturday morning, I was driving home from a doctor's appointment, and it kind of came into my mind out of nowhere. I wish I could tell you where it came from or what I was thinking about, but I have no idea. The new standard that I spontaneously set for myself and have since given a lot of thought to is I don't indulge alone. I don't indulge alone. And what that means to me is if I'm going to enjoy ice cream or a cupcake or a slice of pizza, something that's outside of the norm of what I normally eat, right, I don't indulge alone. I don't see this new standard, this new boundary as this rigid restriction or this rule, but rather a boundary that serves as a reminder of what makes me feel my best and what sets me up for success, what makes choices easier for me, what removes the internal debate and drama and should I, shouldn't I. It helps me make better choices and it helps me simplify so that I'm not giving away any energy, any time, any emotion, any struggle to things that could be easier. And it's funny, I noticed as soon as I thought of this out of the blue, I don't indulge alone. I need that to be a new standard. I, I kind of felt a little bit of resistance, right? As soon as I thought I don't indulge alone, I, I felt like I was giving something up that I didn't want to give up. And for a minute, it felt like a punishment. Now, I've learned from my own experience that it's really important to look closely at those feelings and like, what? why does this feel like a bad thing? Why does this feel like a punishment? 
because they help us better understand our own limitations and stories we tell ourselves that hold us back. And it leads to a better understanding of what drives our behavior. And we can't really change our behavior without understanding what drives it. So I think it's pretty critical. Anyways, I asked myself, if I adopt this new standard, this new bright line boundary, this line I won't cross of not indulging alone, what is in it for me? If I adopt this, how could I benefit from it? How could this help me? And I'll tell you a few of the ideas that I came up with in terms of how I think this could be a huge win for me, a big benefit in my life. Number one, I think it would make me more selective about what I indulge in. Because alone, I might go for some Halo Top or a cookie from the grocery store, which is good, but not great. But if I decide I don't indulge alone, chances are I would feel like the Halo Top or the grocery store cookie isn't really that worth it, you know? Instead, I might decide to wait to, to for a time when I could enjoy a really cool place in the city or a special place when I'm traveling with somebody I really care about. So instead of picking up a chocolate bar at the grocery store, I might think, you know what? I don't indulge alone, but next time I'm on a date or next time something special happens, I want to go to my favorite bakery, right? So that's one way. I think it would help me be more selective about my indulgences, enjoy them more. But the second way I think it would benefit me, this new standard of not indulging alone, is that it would reduce the frequency of my indulgences because when I do indulge, it would be better And because I'm focused on quality and company, it's going to be less often. So those are two huge wins. And third is that if I'm indulging less frequently, I'm going to feel better. Because for me personally, I feel my best by far when I am eating well and avoiding sugar, right? So it would make me feel better, probably improve my health, accelerate my progress towards my goals. Win, 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 win. And reframing it this way, going, okay, I feel like this might be a sacrifice, but what's in it for me? How could this benefit me? Reframing it then makes me excited about it. Asking those questions, what's in it for me? If I do this, how can I benefit from it? It turns it into something I want to do, something that I really see the benefit and the value in. I will say that this standard, this bright line or boundary of I don't indulge alone does not mean that whoever I am with has to eat what I'm eating. I don't think that's fair. And it could totally lead to a situation where I'm talking somebody else into eating what I eat, which seems silly. I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me, so I'm not going to do that to anybody else. But rather that I am in the company of somebody who matters to me. And that stems from thinking about what food and what treats or indulgences really mean to me. So to figure that out, I think about things like, why do I want to indulge sometimes? Because it's delicious. All right, well, why does it matter that it's delicious? Like, why does that matter to me? Because it can be a really pleasurable experience. Well, for me, and that's why this is my boundary, and I'm not saying it should be yours, for me, good things are better when I can share the experience with somebody else, right? And the other big part of this, and and maybe some of you can relate to this, is that in my past, when I was well over 100 pounds overweight, struggling with obesity, indulging was often hiding. I almost always indulged, overate, binged, alone. I didn't want people to see me indulging because I was ashamed. And I told myself all these stories about what people might think of me, how they might be judging me while I had those cookies or that ice cream. 
And I still sometimes have feelings about what people might think about what I am eating. So setting this new standard, I don't indulge alone, benefits me in a fourth way because it sets me free through practice, not by decision, but through practice from all of those feelings of hiding. Like I mentioned in an episode I did about inside one of my binges, I would never binge in front of another person, right? Because it was big part of it was the secrecy, the hiding. Nobody can see me. Nobody's judging me. So this new standard, the new bright line of I don't indulge alone takes me a step further away from that secretive eating behavior again through practice. And it also builds confidence because I was never confident in any of my food choices. I always felt like under the microscope when I would eat in front of people. And a lot of that stems from the fact that I was. My mom admits that that she very much judged me for what I was eating and, and sweets or sugar or indulging was quote unquote bad. So I never, ever felt confident saying, yes, I'd like dessert. Even after losing weight, I didn't feel comfortable saying something like, yes, if a waiter would ask if I'd like to see a dessert menu. It still makes me a little uncomfortable. So even though the answer is usually, no, I'm good. I'm not hungry anymore. I don't want dessert because it wouldn't make me feel my best or because I just don't need any more food. I'd rather build that confidence, right, through saying, yes, please, I'd love to see the dessert menu, than eating ice cream from the grocery store at home alone. And so this new standard, this new boundary, this new bright line helps me to do that, to be able to say, hey, I'd really like to go out to ice cream today, or yes, we'd like to see the dessert menus. It also helps me raise my standards, right? Again, because then I'm thinking, if I'm going to do this with somebody else, is this the thing that I really want to have be a special occasion? It helps me build my confidence and develop that relationship with food that I really want. And on a somewhat related note, I got an email, a long email from a listener last week, and one of her questions was, and I think it's a great question, how do you balance pursuing your goals while being at peace with your body? And I sent her a voice note back and basically I said, I'm focused on choices that make me feel my very best, not necessarily on choices that trigger fat loss. It just so happens that for me and for most people, if you give yourself the gift of consistency, I feel so much better when I'm eating well, right? So I'm not focused as much on the end goal when I'm making a food choice. It would be too for us, it would be too easy if I was focused on that end goal. Like if if I made my choices for the end goal of fat loss, it would be too easy to dismiss a choice like ice cream because, oh, this one thing isn't going to make me gain weight or lose weight. And I'd be right, right? But if I'm focused on what makes me feel my best, then it's easier to make good choices moment to moment. When I'm seeing a choice through the lens of how I feel, my energy, my confidence, my physical body, the choice gets easier. And I shared on the blog yesterday, no, a couple days ago about my doctor's appointment where I had to live this out through practice. So most of you guys know I've shared on the podcast and on the blog, I'm going through the process of uh, freezing my eggs, which entails giving myself many hormone injections every single day. It's a very intense process and I'm towards the end of it. Uh, So I went into the doctor the other day and the ultrasound tech, as soon as she started looking at my uterus and my ovaries, she said... I bet you feel really, really full. (laughs) And I laughed and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the perfect way to describe it. I feel like a fatted calf. And she said, well, you know, if you think about what a fatted calf kind of is, you you actually 
kind of are. You're injecting a cocktail of hormones intended to increase the size of your uterus and your ovaries while dramatically stimulating egg production. It's like being bloated times 1,000, right? And uh, on the one hand, I'm glad that that's normal. On the other hand, I can't wait for this to be over. But as I drove home, I thought about how even maybe six or nine months ago, this would have stressed me out. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm putting on weight. Like, my boobs are noticeably bigger. I've shared that with you guys because of this process. And even recently, but certainly years ago, it would have totally stressed me out. And I would have gotten to the point of like, what's the point of eating well and putting on weight anyway? And it would have stressed me out. It would have added pressure. It would have been a reason to make crappy choices. But it's not now because I don't eat clean for the results it produces. I don't work out for weight loss. I do those things because of how they make me feel, right? I don't avoid sugar and starch because I'm obsessed with the result. I do it because that's how I feel my best, right? So I think that when you really focus on what makes me feel the best, not just mentally, because for a moment, having a pint of ice cream might make you feel pretty good, but what makes your body feel the best, right? What makes your energy highest? When you wake up tomorrow, what choices tonight will have made you the most proud? That's why I don't get stressed out that my abdomen is thicker or my boobs are bigger because I'm on hormone injections, because I'm committed to the process of taking care of my body. And that is what drives results. When you commit to the process The results take care of themselves. But when you are more attached to the results than the process, then the second that the results aren't going your way because you got injured or you got sick or because you've hit a plateau or any other reason under the sun, you are going to throw in the towel and the process is going to go out the window. You have to fall in love with the process of feeling your best. Become obsessed with feeling as good as possible, with having as much energy as possible, with choices that make you feel confident, with choices that make you look forward to getting dressed in the morning, with choices that improve your mood instead of making you want to hide, with choices that make you want to go out and live your life instead of camping out in your bedroom and secluding yourself from the whole world. Become obsessed with feeling good about yourself. And what do you need to change to make that happen? Do you have standards for how you care for yourself? I was, uh, I told you guys that over the summer in July, I did Seth Godin's Alt-MBA program, which is like alternative MBA. It was a four or five week intensive course on basically becoming a better decision maker, building a better business, being more effective in your communication. And we had to do this project. I promise this story is going somewhere. We had to do this project related to global warming. And we had to create a singular message that would make a positive impact in that arena, in the global warming. So we had to pick a target customer and we had to come up with one message. And we decided to go with a with a stereotypical person who maybe doesn't care that much. And I won't tell you who we picked that to be. But basically, we said, if we can convince this person to make better choices with the produce that they consume, I'm sorry, the meat that they consume, 
then that kind of gets them paying attention. And we can easily make a case for why this matters to them, because this particular demographic we chose, we thought we'd have a hard time convincing them to care about the earth in one single message. But we could get them to care about their food choices by focusing on making better meat choices. Right. And so we were trying to say, like, There are certain things in life that you really care about quality. And we kind of made a joke about a guy going out with a girl and somebody saying, oh, yeah, who are you going out with? And the guy saying, "Eh, you know, whatever's there. And that tends to be our attitude towards food. And we were saying, no, you don't say that about the things that matter most in your life. You want quality, right? If you're going to go buy a new car, you're not going to say, "Eh, whatever's there. You're going to give thought and intention to getting what you want. And we have to have, it's all about standards, right? And so this new standard that I set with myself related to indulging helps me make better choices. And it's not about the outcome of fat loss. It is about simplifying the mental debate in my head of, should I have this? Oh, I'm at the grocery store. Should I pick up ice cream? Oh, I've been eating really clean. My body's responding. Oh, this one thing won't hurt. No, I want to eliminate that negotiation because I shouldn't have to talk myself into or out of a treat. That's what standards help us do. They help us simplify the decision-making process and they help move us towards our goals in a way that benefits us. So do you have standards for your food choices? Do you have standards for how you care for your body, the way you move your body, your movement, your fitness, your exercise? Do you have standards? Is it time to set one? Just one, right? Do not... Start with this litany of I am I am going to change this and this and this and this. No, pick one. If you don't have a standard right now that's really clear, pick one and begin to practice it. Ask yourself every morning, what can I do to practice executing this standard, holding this standard today? If you feel like you have a few standards, are you being consistent? And if not, what are you willing to do differently to create that consistency today? Or do you need to raise the standard because maybe you're keeping yourself too comfortable? You're keeping yourself, and it's not bad to be comfortable, but if comfortable is keeping you from your best health, your best energy, your best mood, your easiest decision-making process. So many people look only at the outcome but don't realize the fact that not having standards or boundaries or bright lines costs them so much mental anguish because every day is, should I, shouldn't I? Should I have a little? Should I have a lot? Maybe later? What if I work out? No, simplify that for yourself so that your mental bandwidth is available for other things. Do you have standards for how you care for yourself? And if not, it's time to set one, just one, and then practice it. If you have standards, do you need to be more consistent? And how can you do that today? Or do you need to raise that standard. Is there a bright line that you're considering, but it kind of freaks you out and feels restrictive? Maybe you need to do that work of if I implement this consistently, how can it benefit me in my life? That's what I want to challenge you guys to do. Look at the standards you have. Create one. Practice it. Raise one you already have. And if you are feeling resistant to change, ask yourself. Spend time answering the questions, not in a haphazard way, but sit down with a piece of paper and say, if I were to make this change, in what ways would it benefit me? Would it improve my life? Would it help me? And then create excitement about that change. Hope you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you real soon. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.